How are we doing this morning? All right, I hear some good and I hear some great. Hey, um, so uh, I want to, um, w- one of the things we're uh, trying to, I've been trying to make plans for this is to um, do some work around the campus to trim our trees up. Because if you drive by on park, we have a lot of foliage that hides the building, all right? And um, like I've been just been here watching God work all year long. I mean, uh, obstacle after obstacle. And then God says, all right, I'm teaching you to trust me and watch. I can take care of that obstacle. And it's just been, it's been the whole year, okay? And, and, and God's got something special here with us. I mean, uh, one of my, my assessment of us um, is this is not a body of believers that's pretentious. People don't pretend to be good when they're not. Um, we're okay with people not being okay here. And, uh, and there's a devotion to loving people in the midst of, of their recoveries, of their struggles. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, I'll, and I'll make this vow to, to you. I mean, if, if, <clears throat> if you just want to do bad, I'm going to love you until you get tired of that, okay? And I'm going to keep pointing you, hey, why don't you go this, after this Jesus fella, all right? He's, he, he's got the words of life, and, um, and that's just, that's who we are. So that, those are things that we're, we're trying to do some work, like by putting up a new sign once the city of Plano says that we're okay to do that. And I think me and the elders are going to be able to very effectively beg them for that. And, you know, the oldest church in your county, you've got to let us put up. We're not a house. Um, but, but then trim the trees up. And, uh, you know, as I'm, I'm told, like, there might be 40,000 people that drive down Park Avenue. Um, or is it? Yeah, just today. That all of a sudden, I think people will be like, whoa, when did this church show up here? Well, 1850, all right? So, um, you know, it's been here a while. But, but we're also trying to make plans like, okay, when people drive by, I mean, we live in a day and age, like if I see a new restaurant, um, it's not uncommon for me to pull out my phone and check out the reviews. Um, what, what's going on? And so that's part of why we're like, hey, let's, let's update and upgrade our website. Um, same sort of thing as when you invite people to come to church here, um, they'll, uh, um, they might say, well, let me see what I can find out about the church. How am I supposed to dress? So we're trying to do things that will uh, help visitors find their way into this, uh, this, this special place. And I've just got confidence as I've gotten to know you that when they do, that you're going to love on them. Um, and, uh, and if this is where God wants them to grow, that, uh, that they'll stick. Um, and I think this is a very sticky place, okay? In a good way, all right? Um, uh, and I say this too, you know, like just as you, as you think about as people, as God brings new people in, all right? Um, my youth pastor, who's pastoring in Burleson, Texas, Ronnie Marriott is his name. He said this here not too long ago, and I just wholeheartedly agree. He says, people aren't looking for a friendly church, they're looking for friends, right? They're not, they're not going to be impressed because we shake their hands better than somebody else. But this is a place where I do think, well, you know what? We're going to give you space and time um, to be not just friendly, but to be a friend. And, uh, and so I want to give you that admonishment as God brings people in here. Um, you know, don't, don't, be the, uh, don't be the guest, be the host, how can I help you find your place? What's, what's going on? Hey, you want to join us for, for lunch? You want to join us in our new Bible study that we got going on? Well, I'm going to give a plug here. This is hot off the presses, all right? Um, Pam Berry has been putting together a 
wanting to put together a ladies' class on Sunday mornings, and she keeps going back to this study on the book of Revelation, um, a video series by um, uh, Beth Moore, right? And per conversation today, with this, the only announcement, I think they're going to try to get started next Sunday morning. So if you want to dive into that, all right? And that's, that's quite the bit. Uh, she'll be doing that, and we'll figure out what room there is. Just come a little bit early, get you a bagel and some coffee, and we'll help you find your spot, okay? Um, but uh, anyway, why, I don't even know why I said that, Pam, other than that's going on. Um, so anyway, we're wanting to do stuff. I want to trim up trees. I've been trying to schedule it, but I committed myself to coaching football. And yesterday was my last day to coach, all right? And I'll, I'll tell you, um, we just had a fantastic day. My, my, the team I coached, I, I, I got kind of the, the I, did, I didn't get the cream of the crop, okay? I got, the, I got some, and some guys know how to coach football. I just know how to coach kids. And, uh, but when they, they, they don't listen, it's, and you don't work as a team, it just doesn't work well. And so we didn't win a single game all season. No, that's, that, that's less fun than winning, I'll just tell you that. Um. Well, so, so yesterday was the playoffs, and um, my team that has not won yet had to face the team that has not lost in years. We won. Yeah. I mean, I went into that game, and like, like my son Salem, he's just lightning. He just, he is, and sometimes he'll even get lightning carved in his head, and I don't think he knows, um, but I was just telling my wife, I was like, I just need him to take over, like, and I, you just don't know when or when, it, when an athlete is going to do that, and he did, and I mean, it came down to that other team scored and took the lead with 30 seconds left in the game, and we're, we're backed up to our end zone, and I'm like, I'm just ready to give him the consolation speech, like, just, guys, Man, we really went out with a bang. We came so close. We gave the best team the hardest game they've ever played. And uh, I put the ball in his hands because I was like, I, don't, I mean, if we're going to have a shot. They, and the whole team was going like, guard number seven, guard number seven, guard number, that was him. And uh, just prayed for a miracle and God gave one. And I got to watch him do Barry Sanders. If you don't know who Barry Sanders was, he just was an incredible running back. And, uh, and we score, and this team had, they, like, they haven't lost in years. And it was just, yesterday was a good day. Schaefer did what he does. He ran some touchdowns, but it wasn't like the underdog kind of thing. My Sage scored a goal. So anyway, that's enough daddy bragging. Um, but I'm done with football. And so, uh, so next Saturday, I'd, I'd like to trim up trees. And if you can help me, I'm going to bring out my saw with the pole. And I'm just, we're just going to do our best on park. And if you can help me. Bring your saw and help. If you don't have a saw, you can help drag things off. I don't have a formulated plan, but, but I want to have the trees trimmed up because we want to put up the lights, all right? This is all working towards something. And so just, just say 2 o'clock, all right, because Beshar Shalom has their event here. And if you can help, women, if you got a saw, you could come and help too, okay? We're, just, uh, we're equal opportunity here, all right? Um, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do some work. And uh, start getting ready for this Christmas season. All right. Okay. Um, let's, let's dive into um, what Jesus has been teaching us in um, the Sermon on the Mount. 
And so if you have a Bible, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6 today. Oh, yes, and my, my kids, uh, I saw Schaefer go back. I thought you were just taking, just doing it. Okay, kids, if you want to dismiss to a children's church, y'all go have a great time and give them some high fives on the way out. They, you know, yeah, good. So um, I, let, let me set this up, okay? Jesus is, we're going we're gonna to look at what has been, is known as the Lord's Prayer, because the Lord teaches us this, but it really should be entitled the model prayer. And you got to think about, like, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus goes up on this hill, and he starts to teach his disciples, and a crowd comes around him, all right? Now, um, most people have the assumption that they know how to pray. I mean, you just got this assumption. It's like prayer is just talking to God. And every day when I feel a need, I call up to God and I said, God, this is what's going on. This is what I need. This is how I hurt. This is what I, what I desire. And you just talk to God about it like that. And most people have that assumption that I, I've got prayer figured out. And we watch other people and watch how they pray. And they're like, yeah, I do exactly like them. But then Jesus comes along. And these folks look at him and they say, He's different. And when he talks to God, it's different. And God answers his prayers, not in the same way that he answers my prayers. And they come and they want to, Jesus, your connection with God is, is wholly unique. How how? Can, can I have that same kind of connection with God? And that's really what Jesus is teaching in the entire Sermon on the Mount. He's, like, he's teaching you, listen, you want a deep and powerful connection and relationship with God. Here's what it looks like. He starts with the Beatitudes. You've got to be poor in spirit. You've got to come to, to God needy. If you think you've got it all figured out, if you think you've got all the answers, if you think you can handle it, you're just not going to, God, God's, you're, just, you're not going to receive what God's got for you. He's got so much, but you're closed off. You've got to be poor in spirit. You've got to hunger and thirst for righteousness. You've got to choose mercy or you're going to miss God's heart altogether. He goes in there and he's going to sit there like, listen, you want a deep relationship with God. You need to know that, that, that the law, that not one dot, not one iota is going to go away. I didn't come to abolish the law. You want this deep relationship with God. You've got to relate to him and what he's revealed, all right? The, the Ten Commandments are still important. Every bit of it's important. But now let me show you the other side of the law, all right? He starts to teach. Um, he's like, hey, look, let, let me show you the deeper bits. And this is what he's doing. He's like, look, you've heard that he, you shouldn't murder. But I tell you that if you have anger, right? He's taking you past the surface down into the heart so you can have that deep relationship with God. And we, we covered last week. It's very interesting that as Jesus is laying out how to have a deep connection with God, he talks about how you give before he talks about prayer. And then he's going to talk about fasting. And we're going to save that till after the new year, right? Because I figured that would, be, that would be a low blow for me to teach about fasting next week right before Thanksgiving. With you smelling all the chili in here, it'd be like, you know, we're going to, we'll save for that. So that's, that's mercy from pastor to you, all right? Um, but but, but the, the point is, there's a connection. Because if you're self-centered with your stuff, you're likely to be self-centered in your prayers. All right? And if you can be 
not self-centered and generous with your stuff, it's going to be a much shorter step for your heart to be God-centered in your prayers. And that's so Jesus is going to teach you this is what the model prayer looks like. This is not just your average prayer. This is not just... um, uh, And these are not magic and holy words that if you use this... I remember in high school, I wasn't a Christian playing basketball for the Richland Rebels. Did a lot of bench sitting. I I told you I would have been a fantastic basketball player, but this tall thing, you need that and making the ball go in the hole. Though... But other, if I had those two things, man, me and Michael Jordan would be competing. Um, but we would be in that locker room, and the coach would lead us through the Lord's Prayer. I wasn't even a Christian. And I just hear, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be the name. And everybody, they know this. I'm like This is fantastic. And we kind of used it as like, okay, if we just say these words before the game, that God's then going to bless our competition coming forward. Listen, what Jesus teaches in, the, in what's called the Lord's Prayer, but it's the model prayer, these aren't the magic words that you need to say. These are deep principles, and you let, if you let these principles guide your prayer life, um, your relationship with God will deepen. And again, Jesus is trying to lead you into that same kind of connection that he had with the Father. All right? So let's look. At what is known as the Lord's Prayer, but it's better described as the model prayer. Jesus teaches us here what prayer is supposed to look like. Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 9. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our debts. As we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Look, again, Jesus isn't saying that these words are holy. He's teaching us principles that need to be in your private prayers. He starts with, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. You start with adoration. You clean the canvas of yourself. Remember, Jesus said earlier in verse 6, he says that you should go into your room and shut the door when you pray. He, look, this, he's saying the same thing here, just in a different way. To, to shut the door, to close the door, is to, is to shut out the outside world. To leave the selfish things that prevent you from having intimacy with God. To leave those things outside. Jesus is teaching us that prayer does not start with your needs. It doesn't start with your hurts. It doesn't start with your bitterness. It doesn't start with your anger. It doesn't start with your desires. It doesn't start with your request. I mean, you can still pray about those things, but you start with adoration. Healthy prayer needs to begin centered around God. Most of us, when we pray, we remain in the center. I mean, I'll just confess to you, most of the times in prayer, I'm driven to prayer because I have a need. And I have to discipline myself not to come in there and sit there and say, Oh, God, I'm hurting. Oh, God, I need, you know, I, but I'm keeping myself in the center. Jesus is teaching you start with adoration. It's a way of cleaning the slate, wiping the, the slate clean of, of, of your needs, of your hurts, of your bitterness, of your wants, of your desires. Take yourself out of the center, and now you put God in the center of your prayers. This is what happens when you enter the prayer room and you shut the door. 
See, the problem with most of our prayers is we're so full of self, so focused on us that we never close the door. And the world comes into the prayer room with us. Jesus teaches to enter into the prayer room, shut the door, clean the slate, take yourself out of the center and put God where he rightfully belongs. And when you do that, what you'll discover is that a lot of things that are on your prayer list, that, that once you get right with God, you're not going to ask for those things anymore because they're just too filthy, too worldly, too bitter, too selfish. The key to praying is adoration. You start by saying, it's about you, God. It's not about me. So is, is prayer about you? Or is it about having a healthy relationship with God? I just have to confess to you. I mean, Jesus' words challenges me anew, freshly, right now. Take myself out of the center. Not about me. It's about God. Not about what I think I need. It's about what God desires. You know, the reason God doesn't take many of us deeper is because when we pray, God looks at us and he says, you don't want me, you just want my stuff. But if you can come to the place where what you truly desire is God, God will give you more stuff than you can handle. But the problem for most of us is we chase the stuff rather than God and we end up with neither. Jesus teaches us that healthy prayer is God-centered, not you-centered. So begin your prayers with adoration. Clean the slate. Begin acknowledging that it's not about you, it's about God. And once you've done that, now look at where prayer will just go. Jesus says, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, when your prayers become God-centered, they naturally become about God's will, not yours. To pray your kingdom come, your will be done is to pray, God, I want what you want. God, my desire is your will. God, I want to see your will in my school. God, I want to see your will in my church. God, I want to see your will in my family. God, I want to see your will in my my place of business. God, I want your kingdom. I want your rule in my life. The problem is, most of us don't want God's kingdom. We just want God to bless our little kingdom. Let me ask you, when you pray, are you asking to work in God's kingdom? Or are you asking God to work in yours? See, in God's kingdom, the worship of God is important. And yours in my kingdom, the need for revenge is what matters. In God's kingdom, restoration is important. In yours and my kingdom, it's about our validation. Show them, God, that I was right. Your kingdom, it'll have you work on a day of worship. Your kingdom will put your rest, your hobby, your grudge, your bitterness over and above God's kingdom. Your kingdom might be out on a lake or a golf course or on your little phone. Does your heart want to see God's kingdom, God's will done on earth, or does your heart want to see 
God blessing your little kingdom. And as long as your kingdom comes before God's kingdom, your prayers are going to remain shallow, selfish, and you'll not likely see many of your prayers answered. You've got to come to the place where you pray like Jesus. Not my will be done, but yours, Father. God, I want what you want. I I want your kingdom to come. God, what's important to you is what's important to me. Your will be done. God, I'm asking to see your kingdom and your will done here where I live, just like it is in heaven. Oh God, it's not about me, it's about you. Jesus is teaching us that a healthy prayer is God-centered rather than self-centered. So you start your prayers with adoration, you clean the slate of self, you seek seek God's will above your own, and then after that, now you get to your prayer list. And Jesus teaches us, give us this day our daily bread. You see, it's not wrong to ask God for your needs. It just needs to come secondary. Once you make your prayers God-centered instead of you-centered, you're going to radically change what's on your prayer list. You see, the prayer list that's written in the prayer room is oftentimes very different than the prayer list that's written outside the prayer room. Out there... You're asking for glory. But in here, you're asking that God would be honored. Out there, you ask for retribution. In here, you ask for the strength to forgive. Out there, you're saying, God, you've not been fair to me. You've not given me enough money, enough recognition, enough stuff. In here, you say, God, give me the wisdom to manage the things that you have given me. And thank you. Out there, you're saying, God, my family doesn't understand me. In here, you say, God, what can I do so that my family can grow? Out there, you say, God, you owe me. In here, you say, God, you've given me more than I deserve. See, Jesus is teaching us that it's okay to ask God. But what you'll discover is that when you have a healthy prayer life, when your prayers are God-centered and not rather than you-centered, then what you ask for will be completely different than what you would have asked for otherwise. Jesus then goes on, he says, Forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. See, once you get right with God, and once you make your prayers God-centered rather than you-centered, not only will you, not only will God become open to your prayer request, but God is likely going to make a request from you. And it's that you forgive, or that you make right those relationships that are around you. For you to have a deep relationship with God, you can't be a person who holds grudges. So long as you carry around with you bitterness, anger, unforgiveness, you're not going to be able to go very deep with God. Your relationship with God will just stay shallow. And you'll not get close to your father's heart. You know, and there's a lot of shallow Christians out in this world. I mean, so much so that we look around and we're like, well, that must be what, it's, what normal is. And Jesus is teaching, that's not what normal is. That's not what God desires for us. Look, basic Christianity, it's a central, entry-level teaching of Jesus. And the teaching is we've all sinned. 
You've done people wrong and you've done God wrong. You deserve judgment. And your only hope of getting things right is to be forgiven. You don't deserve it. You can't earn it. But forgiveness is your only hope. And God, by his great mercy and love, has forgiven you. Now this gracious and forgiving God asks you to extend the same kind of forgiveness to others. Jesus goes on and teaches. Look at verse 14. <clears throat> he says, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. This is a basic teaching from Jesus. And you know, the reason that so many Christians and so many churches stay shallow is because we simply won't practice a basic teaching of Jesus. Instead, we hold grudges. Instead, we pretend like we're innocent and everybody else is guilty. If you don't learn to forgive, if you don't make that choice, you'll remain a shallow baby Christian and you'll never see God's kingdom grow in your life. And you can pray over and over again, God, your kingdom come, your will be done, but you won't see it happen. Because you're, you're, you're not allowing that basic teaching to be done in your life. You know, I, I got to pastor in this small town of Albany, Texas. Little town, 2,000 people. After five years there, I kind of figured something out. I said, no church is going to grow bigger than 150 people. Why? Because people hold grudges. They won't get over things. I think over here, a lot of churches stay small because we just won't forgive. And rather, we'll just, like, you know, when I was a kid, I'd get mad at my friends and I'd take my ball and go home. Now as adults, we get mad and we take our Bible and we move our membership somewhere else. And I think in some places, churches have gotten large enough that you can go in there and you can hide. And you can see a spiritual service and watch a spiritual show but make no connection no relationships feel like you're like you're being spiritual and it's just we got places where a lot of people can hide and you got churches that get bigger because they provide a show and i'm i'm not faulting them for that they're, they're doing their best to do god's will and help people my point is we can't hold grudges we have to choose to forgive Most Christians live with a shallow surface relationship with God because they would rather hold a grudge than have a deep connection with God. Whatever it is, let it go. Then Jesus goes on to say, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. It's a, it's a prayer for strength. Asking God to help you do what he asked you to do. See, once you've heard from God, he very well may have asked you to do something difficult. He may be, maybe he asked you to make a phone call that you didn't want to. Or maybe he wants you to give yourself in some way that, that had he not asked, you wouldn't naturally have desired to do that. He might have asked you to get right with someone. He, he might have asked you in order to do that, you need to go and take more blame than you think you deserve. He may ask you to say no to something something that you really want to do, or he may ask you to say yes to something that just scares you to death. He may ask you to take a step that seems impossible. And the temptation after prayer is to back off and not follow through. See, Jesus teaches us now, ask God for the strength and the courage to follow through with what he's asked us to do. 
Listen, none of us are special because God has given us a word. I mean, you're certainly beyond average. That's for sure. If you're hearing from God, you're beyond average. But that's not special. What makes a person special is when they actually walk in obedience to what God has told them to do. Most of us will let our fear, our pride, our logic, our past, our desire for control, we will all let those things tempt us to not follow through. So you ask God, don't let me fall into that temptation to not follow through. God, give me the strength and the courage to take the steps that are ahead. And then Jesus teaches, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You finish with adoration. You begin with adoration. You end with adoration. You begin saying, God, it's not about me. It's about you. You end saying, God, it's not about me. It's about you. Again, Jesus is not teaching you, how can you just have, how can you just say a prayer? He's teaching you, how do you have a deep connection with God through prayer? Make it God-centered. You Start God-centered, you end God-centered. You begin with adoration, you close with adoration. You begin by saying, God, it's about you, it's not about me. And you end by saying, God, this is about you, it's not about me. These are what Jesus teaches us. Not magic words. I think it's great to recite the Lord's Prayer. But it's something different to pray like that. And I tell you what, I just confess to you. You know, you just assume the pastor is the professional uh, guy with a relationship with God. It's a challenge for me to take myself out of the middle. It's so easy to just jump into what I need and what I think. And I, I need God's help. I recognize I need God's help. It takes discipline. Say, God, it's not about me. It's about you. And you watch. If you do that, your, your prayer list will change. So will your connection with God. People watch Jesus. They said, wow, I wish I had that. Jesus, teach us to pray. Pray like you. That's what he teaches. This is what he teaches. Father God, in this moment, just confess. It's not about any of us It's about you. And Father God, you have have done great things. You have given us great and precious promises that, that allow us to not only escape the corruption of this world, but to have a deep intimacy with you. Father God, you have loved us beyond what any of us could deserve. And Father, you have done for us something that is so remarkable that it it has become the ultimate expression of love. That, Father, while we were still sinners, while we were not seeking you, while we were still running away and doing our own thing, you sent your son Jesus to die for us. 
Father, how great is your love. Father, we collectively and individually pray right now that you would reveal your will to us. Speak to us as a church. Speak to us as individuals that we could see your rule in our life. Father God, you know our needs. We trust you to provide. And Father, thank you for the forgiveness that you've given us. Help us with the resolve. May we look to Jesus continually for inspiration to forgive those who've done us wrong. God, may we not be a people that hold grudges. Help us make that choice to forgive again and again and again until it is real in our hearts. And God, as you're speaking to us right now, I pray your strength to your people to follow through and walk in obedience and love. Father, if there be steps that we need to take this morning to go beyond just hearing from you, but now making those, making what you've spoken to us a point of action. Give us the conviction and the courage to walk in that. And Father God, it is still all about you. The great and glorious Heavenly Father who loves us beyond what we deserve, who gives us more than we ought to have. Thank you, God for your love and your mercy, your wisdom and your power. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.